0: All right, well, we all have good tires, right? All right. <laughs> I'm excited to share with you today. We're um, kind of doing a, a new series on Christmas, and when I think about uh, the uh, Christmas season, there's three words that kind of stand out the most to me, and what would those words be for you? Would, would they be the same three words I, I see all over the place when people start putting up Christmas decorations? Love joy, and peace. And I thought it would be really fun. So uh, the series is called Understanding Christmas and I thought it would be really fun to look at what do these words mean in Hebrew. Yeah! We're super excited. We got a little Hebrew, like, what do you guys call yourselves? Uh, I don't know. Hebrew, a Hebrew group? Yeah, so. But, um, I, I actually am very excited to share what I learned with you about this word, love, because um, for years and years it has been the hallmark of our church. We've, o- we've, always, we've, uh, we've always felt from the very beginning that love was the one thing that we need to keep focused on. And uh, uh, we may not, you know, talk a lot about uh, uh, the end times or a lot of different things in the Bible, but one thing that we talk about all the time because we feel like if there's one thing we need to try to get right, It's this. It's we got to. We've got to know how to love, right? So we've always talked about the importance of love, and I know in in my personal journey, I've spent a lot of times talking about the importance of love and and trying to convince people that that's the most important thing. But this week uh, I was studying about uh, Hebrew, and I was learning actually what love is, and it was very exciting to me. It actually gave me some really uh, new perspectives on some scriptures, and I, I really feel that it has potential to really help all of us, this message, I really do, it, hel- it can help all of us um, get encouraged, get uh, refined on what we're, what we're called to do, and it can help our marriages, um, it can help our relationships, and it can help uh, our relationship with God, I really do. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to share this with you. So we're going to get into it, and I just want to pray. Lord, I just ask that you just speak to us and uh, reveal to us more this morning about love. About, we know that the Bible says that you are love. We know that you love us. We know that you've called us to love you and love others. But Lord, I just pray for just a revelation this morning for us to be able to uh, just see a little bit more clear, clearly what that is. We know that the scriptures tell us that um, we, we can't even discover the heights or depths or widths or breadth of your love. That's the challenge. That's, that's a lifelong journey. But Lord, I pray for more revelation this morning for us, and that more than anything else, at least we will leave being filled with your love. Fill us, Lord, with your love. We need you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um, I don't know about you, but... Um, we, we look in our culture, and I ask the question, what, what does love look like, or what do we think love is in our culture? And for the most part, I think it's, uh, it's probably the most popular topic of songs, right, uh, uh, in, in the history of the world is love, all kinds of love songs, and it's typically viewed as a feeling or an emotion, in our culture, love is typically a feeling or an emotion. And so, if that's where you are coming from, just kind of in a sense of when I would say something like you to you that God loves you, and then, and if you're thinking it's a feeling and emotion, then you're wanting to feel God's love. And some of us may have had times in our lives where we've thought, I don't feel God's love. Have you ever? had that thought before? Have you ever felt that? Because sometimes we do feel an emotion of love. Sometimes there's a song, a word, a moment in our lives, a, a quiet time or something where all of a sudden, and I have had these moments, I think many of us have, where it's almost like you just feel this blanket of love coming over you, and you feel God is there, and he's present, and you're like, whoa, this is amazing and we want that all the time. And that's a feeling. We're feeling something. Have, have anybody felt the love of God before? Okay. Okay. And so we, we if we associate love with feeling, and then there's times when we don't feel that, then we can go through a crisis of, of faith, right? Like, I don't feel God's love anymore. What have I done? What do I need to do to feel that? You know, do I need to listen to that song? Do I need to Give more? Do I need to pray more? Am I doing something wrong? Did I? Oh, when I did that, did that mean that God left me? Now he's now because I don't feel him. Okay, but love isn't a feeling or emotion. When we get into the original meaning of the words, okay. So the original language of creation and of the Bible is Hebrew. Hebrew. So for me, uh, what I've what I've enjoyed is trying to get to the bottom of what the original language that God has chosen to use to see what the real meaning is in the word. So I'm going to show you what that word is today for love. Uh, It is, I'm going to write the uh, Hebrew letters, and this is Aleph. Uh, That is He. And this is the letter Beit, and another letter He. So it is uh, four letters in Hebrew. And it's pronounced ahava, ahava, ahava. So let's try it together to ahava. The accent is on the third syllable. Ready? Ahava, ahava. That's love in Hebrew, ahava. Now, when we, when we write it out in English, uh, again, Hebrew is from right to left. But I will write it right, uh, left to right in terms of what we call a transliteration Ah. Ha, va, some will put an H. That All that is showing us is how we might spell this in English to get you to say ah, a okay? So it's called a transliteration. Does that make sense? Okay, so this is how we would say it in English. This is what it looks like in Hebrew. And Hebrew is amazing. As I've said before, it is a three-dimensional language. Uh, in English, I was thinking about how... how how our language has been reduced down. You know, in, in the Greek, in the Greek uh, we have this, this, this word called alphabet. In Hebrew, it would be the Aleph Bet, which is the first and the second letter in Hebrew, Aleph Bet. And in the Hebrew bet, each letter actually is a picture of something. Um, for instance, this one, this is the first letter in the Hebrew language, Aleph. And it's a picture, it started out as a picture of an ox head. And it represents strength and power. Uh, And it's also the first letter. Uh, So it's also the number one. So the Hebrew language has letters, has pictures, and has numbers all in the same letter. So it's three dimensions. English just says A. And there's no picture there's no number, there's no meaning. It's just the letter A. What does the letter T stand? What does "T mean? It's well, you put a golf ball on it, but no, no, That's not, that's, that's not this season. This is winter, OK? So we're not golfing right now. But there's no meaning to the, the letter S or O or V or W. It's just letters, right? But in Hebrew, every letter has a meaning that goes with a picture and with a number. And so it's three dimensions. There's just this depth to it. And uh, so I want to look at this word with you today uh, and, and talk about it. So the meaning of a Hebrew word really is discovered when you start to look at the letters and the composition of what these pictures are. And when you put those letters together and you put the pictures together, you get a story. You don't just have a word. You have a paragraph or a whole story that begins to unfold about what it means. Okay? And often in Hebrew, uh, just like in our language, uh, words come from root words. And often in Hebrew, it's a two or three letter word. So the root of this word here, ahava, is these first three letters, aleph, he, bet. These three letters. These three letters are the root word, and it means to give. Aha, ahav means to give. This is amazing. So love in Hebrew is not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It means to give. Isn't that awesome? So I'm going to unpack that a little bit with you. Um, so love is typically in our culture, um, it's where we are more concerned about receiving than we are giving. I want to feel love. Uh, I've done a lot of pre-marriage counseling, and uh, we talk about this a lot in pre-marriage counseling, that most people come together and they want to get married because they are feeling something that they really like. It's called love. They're feeling love. They're, they're wanting more of this love. And, uh, and then I, I spend time Trying to describe to them that actually that's not what marriage is, is that you're receiving love from someone. Actually, marriage is the decision to give, to give. And and if you're giving love, then when you give of yourself, you're creating something called love. You can never take love. It's impossible. You can't receive or take love from somebody because love isn't that's not what love is love means to give so when you decide to give um, then you're creating something called love and when two people decide to give to one another in marriage and give their life to one another they are creating something called love and that's what makes that marriage work it's not receiving it's giving right and so, this is a, a very important distinction to make. The center of someone's attention isn't love, it's, it's giving. It's giving devotion, giving time. And so, giving becomes the vehicle of this thing called love. So, here's how I kind of see it when I think about it. And by the way, you can't, according to a Hebrew definition, if this means to give, you can't, it doesn't make any sense to say something like, I fell in love, and I have fallen out of love. You see how our culture has defined love? As an emotion and a feeling, and it comes and it goes. And who knows how that happens? I have fallen in love. I have fallen out of love. I'm in love with someone else. No, you're not. I have fallen into lust I have fallen out of lust, but I have not fallen into or fallen out of love. Love is a choice. It is something that you decide to give. Isn't that completely countercultural in our our world? And when you come into a marriage, for for example, and your idea is, I'm going to be loved the rest of my life. I'm going to, this person makes me think feel good, okay, then the foundation is based on feelings and whether or not that person is doing what makes you feel good or not. And when they stop doing what makes you feel good, then you think there's no more love and that you need to go find that somewhere else. That's, that's not what love is at all. So love is different. According to Hebrew, uh, you know, it is something that you, you give. So it's a focus on others, not self. Love is focused on giving to others, not what self is wanting to get. Love is also an action. It's not a feeling. It's something that you do. It's not something that you feel. You guys with me still? It's something that you do. It's not something that you feel. According to Hebrew, it is an action. And it's something that you create when you give. It's not something that happens to you. It's something that you are creating. Now, let's be a little bit more practical about it, okay? What happens when we give, and when I, when I mean give, I, I mean, let's say that we give a, a smile to someone. We give a hug. Let's say we give money. Let's say we make a meal for someone. Let's say that we give of our time to someone. Uh, and we're... Whatever it is, maybe we just have something, a possession, and we say, oh, yeah, here, no problem, take it. I don't need it. It's yours. I want you to have it. Or we see a need, and we we rake a yard, and we give time and energy and effort, and we serve somebody, we help somebody. Every time we give, whatever it is, doesn't matter what it is, what we're doing is we're actually making a connection with that person because it's through giving that we create this thing called love, And then there's a connection that's made. That's how you fall in love, in a a sense. That's how you you find someone. You may initially be attracted to them, but what keeps you connected is the love or the giving of oneself to one another, right? It's the giving, the sharing of oneself with one another. So when you give time or money or a possession or energy, you're actually, what's happening is you could have used that time, money, money. Possession, energy for yourself and benefited yourself, but you chose to give that time or money or energy or resource to someone else and you literally gave yourself to them. That's what that represents. When you give money, time, energy, effort, attention, you, are, you could have used that in a different way but you chose to give it away to someone else, that is the act of love. You loved them. You loved them. When you make cookies for the choice students, that's love. When you, you know, write a birthday card, you uh, text uh, an encouraging message to somebody, that's love. And you're literally giving yourself away to someone. And so this is where it gets really exciting. When we begin to think about love in this way, we begin to see how God has loved us. This is super cool. So the essence of, of love is not just to give, but I like to summarize it this way, is it's to give oneself. This is the definition of Hebrew love. It's to give oneself to someone else now we look at the scriptures in a whole different way say it with me for God so loved the world that he gave isn't that amazing the scriptures over and over again I began to see them different this week all over the place God is showing us his love is found in what he has given to us And Jesus said, no greater love has one than this, that he lays down or gives his life away. Wow! So, are you loved by God? Oh, man. Oh. Let me just share some scriptures with you, okay? This is so... Awesome. Um, Well, let me, me, I'll get to that in a minute. Let me just say a couple other things. First of all, when it comes to our relationships, whether it's with a a friendship, whether it's with God, or whether it's with our spouse, or a friend, healthy relationships all have one thing in common. They have mutual giving, because it's the giving that's the love. And it's the giving and the love that makes the connection. And without sustained giving to one another of oneself, the connection suffers. I, I was reminded this morning, I was just thinking about it, and then I, I came in my I was talking to God about the message, and I was just meditating on it. And all of a sudden, I had this, God gave me this thought, this reminder in Revelation, where he's talking to the different churches, and he's talking to this one church, and he says, I have this against you. You have forgotten your first love. You have forgotten your first love. And and then the advice, as soon as he says that, is get back to doing what you were doing at the beginning. And I think, you know, for marriages in particular, or friendships, or even with our walk with God, when we stop giving of ourselves to one another, or we stop giving of ourselves to our spouse, or we stop giving ourselves to God, the connection gets weaker because we're not loving. And if we're waiting to be loved, God, I will love you when you love me. Well, guess what? He has loved you, and he is loving you. It's not a feeling. But when you come to this revelation that it is what God has given, what God has constantly is giving to us, then then that should awaken in us a response to love him as well. But it's the same thing with our relationships, is we can't be self-centered and waiting to feel loved. We need to give ourselves, and that creates love. And that also is is in in accordance with the, the law of sowing and reaping, right? As we give of ourselves, as we sow love, love returns love returns. So the focus of a great, healthy relationship, as far as you're concerned, is how can I give myself to this person? How can I add value to them? And as you do that, and the other person does that, that's where the relationship becomes beautiful and healthy and mutual, right? And that's the key, isn't it? So it's the same with our relationship with God. And, uh, and so you may say, well, I, you know, how do you, how do you fall in love again again that whole phrase is, is is warped it's not the idea at all i would just say how do you choose love again and and here's how just what jesus said he said wherever your treasure is there your heart will be also so in other words jesus is saying whatever you are putting your treasure into and your treasure is a lot of things it's your energy It's your time, it's your money, it's your effort, it's your thoughts, it's your attention. Wherever you're putting your attention, putting your energy, giving, whatever you're giving yourself to, that's where your heart is going, and that's what you are loving. That's what you are loving. In other words, I'll put it in a little bit more confrontational phrase. That's what you are worshiping. It's what you're worshiping because whatever you give yourself to is what you're loving or worshiping, okay? So you can give your money, your time, your energy to a hobby, to a job, to a career, to an award that you're pursuing, to some self-serving thing, or you can give it to God, right? It's whatever you are giving yourself to is what you are loving and what the Bible calls worship, worship. And so, uh, here's how much God loves us. Let's just look at these verses in a fresh new way. Some of these you don't have, so you might want to write down the reference in your notes. And uh, there is an extra page at the back with, with blank, a blank page that you can use. But <clears throat> here's, here's how much God loves us. If love is giving, and giving is really the epitome or the ultimate is the giving of oneself, how has God loved you? Of course, John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He gave his son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life, right? So he gave himself to you and to me. All of him he gave his son. But Romans 5.8 also says that very bluntly. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, gave his life for us. You see this? God so loved, he gave. God demonstrated his love when Christ came and died for you and for me. 1 John 3.16, this is a verse that's not in your notes. 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. This is how we know what love is. This is the definition of love. The Bible's telling us this is what love is. Jesus Christ laid his life down for us. He gave his whole self to you and to me. That's how much God loves us. Isn't that awesome? And we, and then the next, next phrase says, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. We ought to do the same. 1 John 4, 9 says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So over and over and over again, the scriptures are telling us, this is what love is. God gave himself for you and for me. Now, the the difference that I'm trying to help us see is this idea of the giving of oneself. And now we're going to transition into What do these letters mean? I want to show you some more meaning behind this. Because we all know that the greatest commandment in the Bible is what? To love the Lord our God, right, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second, to love our neighbor. Now, if you're going to get anything right at all on planet Earth, it would be great for you to get the greatest commandment right, right? And if you can get to the second one, that'd be even better. So, I mean, Jesus said, all of the Torah hinges on these two commands. Everything in here hinges is based on these two commands, to love God and to love one another. And he says, if you can love God and love one another, you have fulfilled all the law, the Torah. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. So this is why we talk about this all the time, because this is what Jesus said. And he also told us, as I have I have a new command for you, as I have loved you, so you need to love one another. And how did Jesus love us? He gave. He gave his life, so we are called to give our life away. That's what we're called to do, the same thing that God has done for us. All right, so let's look at these letters real quick. This is the first, uh, Aleph, I'll give you a couple of thoughts on this, and I'm not sure how much of this is in your notes because I had way too many notes. But anyway, Aleph, uh, as I mentioned before, is a picture of an ox head, um, and it, it represents power, it represents strength, and, it, and because it's the first Uh, letter in the alphabet. It represents first, and it represents God the Father, because God the Father is the great, all-powerful, all-strong leader of all of us. He is our creator. He's almighty. He's number one. No one can contend for his power or his strength. Uh, And so here's the three dimensions. You see the letter. You see the picture representing, and then you see the number which represents God, God the Father. He is first. He is our leader. He's the all-powerful one, okay? So love, in this word, ahava, love starts with God. Love starts with God. And so that's why God said, this is what you should do. Hear, hear me, O Israel. This is the greatest commandment, right? To love the Lord your God. To love the Lord your God. Why would we love God? Uh, The Bible says in 1 John, he helps us understand this. John helps us when he says, listen, guys, we're not really loving God. Love started with God loving us, right? It says we love because he first loved us. So, So he first loved us, and our response to this is to love him back. Now let's get real practical about this. God showed us His love by giving Himself completely to redeem us, while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. He showed us, He showed us the 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 uh, you know the, the greatness of His love for us, right? By doing that. And so now, what is our response? To give love, to give our lives back. To him. That is love. How do you give to God? What can you give God? Yourself. That's what God wants. He wants all of you. And when you give yourself to God, you win. When you worship God, you win. You're better. (laughs) So there's so many scriptures that are just popping in my head right now. Uh, One of them is when Jesus said, um, he who wants to save his life, right, will lose it, but whoever loses his life gives it away to me and for the gospel, will what? Will find it. Love is our expression of love. And in Romans, Paul, in Romans chapter 12, I was just reading Romans this week, and chapter one and two and three and four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, all the way up through 12 is this amazing description of a righteousness that God has gifted to us apart from the law, apart from our obedience, apart from us getting it right, apart from us towing the line. This is, in a, this is a righteousness that has been gifted to us through the sacrifice of his son on our behalf. And all that's required is that we believe, that we have faith, that we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead and we shall be saved. And this grace is free and it's freely given and freely demonstrated. And after all of those chapters, chapter 12 comes up and Paul says, therefore, therefore, in light of the last 11 chapters, brothers and sisters, friends, what is your response? What is your reasonable response to this love of God? Paul says, to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Don't be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world. This world is falling apart. It's dying. It's broken. But God, in his mercy, has reached out to us and redeemed us and set us free from all sin. He's calling us out of darkness into his glorious light. What's your reasonable response to this love? Offer yourselves to God. Just give yourself to him. That's our love. That's worship. That's what love is. Isn't that awesome? And so that's what God's called us to do. And as as I mentioned, Jesus said, no greater love has, has one than this, that he lay his life down for his friends. And the very next sentence he says, you are my friends. And he did it. He showed the greatest form of love of all time to literally give his entire life on behalf of his friends. And though when he came back, he said, now I want you to do the same thing. <laughs> oh, okay. woo, Pretty big deal there. So um, anyway, Aleph represents God, and love starts with God, and our greatest commandment is to love God with all of our heart. And when Jesus was quoting uh, this is the greatest commandment in Deuteronomy chapter 6, he also quoted the second verse, which is Leviticus 19.18. And he said, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And what's interesting about this is for us to love our neighbor um, as Christ has loved us, we first, Aleph, we first have to have the love of God. Okay? Love starts with God. If you want to love your spouse or love a friend or love a neighbor, you first have to encounter the love of God. You need God's love in you, flowing in you, and when, when you receive God's love, you now have a connection with God. When you give back your love to God, you're building a connection. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. And out of this relationship here with God, then his love empowers us to then love as he's loved us. Right, The only kind of love on this earth that really impacts and transforms people is the love of God directly from God or the love of God flowing out of us to one another. That's the kind of love that your spouse deserves and that's the kind of love that your neighbor deserves and that's what God has called us to do. Remember this. The Bible says God is love, which kind of leads to, um, Well, I should do this one next. Okay, so this letter here. Is hey, everybody say hey, hey, Hey. and that that word or that letter is the fifth, it's the fifth letter in the alphabet. And five in the scriptures represents the grace of God. Okay, there's lots of fives. You might remember the story of uh Benjamin uh, and Joseph. Benjamin's uh, Joseph was Benjamin's older brother, and when all of his brothers came back to Egypt and he revealed himself. He had given Benjamin five helpings of Thanksgiving dinner, (laughs) more than his brothers, Um, and it was just a picture of that grace. Uh, One of the other numbers in the scriptures is that the Torah, or the first five books of the Bible, five, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Torah, five, and people look at the law or the Torah and traditionally look at it as an American, at least for me, an American viewpoint of the Torah is the law, the rules, this pressure, this burden. But that's not how it is at all. The truer understanding of this is the instructions and and how you win at life, the principles of life that God has gifted to us to show us the way. And so it's a blessing. And so the Torah is actually the grace of God, is the grace of God given to us to help us see how to know him and love him and walk in his blessings and his favor. And, of course, there's five halves and children. So, there you go. <laughs> the grace of God. <laughs> I'm always trying to get people to have five kids. I just think it's pretty awesome. All right. And it gets better and better. Um, and so, uh, this, this, this word here, not only does it kind of refer to grace, but um, its meaning it's kind of cool. Uh, it means like it's a man who uh, has his arms raised up like this. This is the ancient picture. And it's like, look, behold. Okay? So it's, it's, like, it's like trying to draw your attention to looking at something. Look, behold. Okay? And so we have, we have God the Father, and we have this grace. This is love. Starts with God. It is grace. And how many of you know that the form of God's love uh, is best really described as grace? It's unconditional. It's unmerited or unearned. You cannot earn it. You can't can't, uh, do anything to deserve it. And, And you can't lose it. It's unconditional. So God's love is grace. It's given first, without condition, while we were yet sinners. God's love was demonstrated to us in this. Christ died for you. Before, before you saw your need for him, before you wanted him, before you turned around or any of that stuff, it's always first. God's love is always unconditional. It's always proactive, and it's you can't lose it. You may say, oh, man, I've done some bad things. Yeah, so have I. Welcome to the club. And you know what? It doesn't cause God's love to waver towards you at all, at all. It's totally different than the way that we think. God is love, and what God does is he loves, and God loves all the time. And the Bible uses these words to describe God's love. Um, forever, <laughs> everlasting, right, uh, uh, higher, wider, and deeper than our capacity to even understand. And, and so you, I always tell people, the deck is stacked, the deck is stacked in your favor because of the mercy and grace of God. He desires you. He created you to be with Him. I was thinking about this in, in worship this morning that, uh, and, and I, was it, I think you had mentioned that um, from your uh, communion message that we have everything that we need. Boyd recognizes he doesn't worry about what he needs. And I, I think about that too. I was like, God has, He has already covered everything. And in His love, even in my sin, his love has swallowed that up. He has covered all my sins. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. And that's, that's just awesome. So, hey uh, is a couple of different things. It kind of represents um, grace. It represents, um, you know, this idea of looking and beholding. And, and so, I, I want to jump ahead to something because I don't think I'll get to it later. So, we know what this letter is. It's the same letter. So, this is behold. This is look, this is behold, this is look, this is God the Father, and this is the letter bet, bet. And it's the second letter in the alphabet. There you go. And it represents God the Father, God the Son. The second is Jesus, represents Jesus. The third, of course, represents the Holy Spirit. It also represents uh, the picture of Bet is a house or a floor plan, and it can represent um, a family. It can represent a home, and it represents, because of its number, two, it represents Jesus, the Son. And here's, here's a, kind of a, a, a grand finale so I don't forget, and we'll get into some other stuff. Um, this is how I look at this, Okay. Love, ahava, starts with God, has Jesus, has a whole bunch of grace in there. But let's look at just the concept of the words. Behold, look to the Father. Behold the Son. If you want to know what love is, over and over again, the Scriptures say, look at what the Father has done. And look at what the Son has done for you. This is love. Isn't this awesome? Love is what God has done, what he has given, what Jesus has done, what he has given. Jesus said, when you see me, you're seeing the Father. I'm the exact representation of the Father. I don't do anything. I don't do anything that the Father isn't doing. I don't say anything the Father doesn't tell me to say. Look at Jesus Look at the Father. What has God done? What has Jesus done? What have they given? This is love. That's why Jesus said, do as I have been doing. You see how I have loved? Now I want you to love in that same way. Isn't that awesome? Again, this is not a feeling. This is action. This is giving. And uh, I see a lot of love in this church. And I just commend you. I commend you. And, 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 and we do a lot of these, these practical ways of giving. But I just want to teach you that you're on the right track. This is exactly what the Scriptures tell us to do. It matters. It's not just busy work. It's not just tasks. It's not you trying to earn anything. It is the reflection of God's heart in you to give that makes an impact on somebody else. And when you give time, a letter, a call, a text, a cookie, a meal, a rake, whatever it is, You are giving yourself away, and you're loving. You're creating something called love, and you're creating a home right here. Love from God, the kind of grace, creates a home. It creates a dwelling place on the earth. So when we love as God has loved us, we're actually invading this world, and we're creating a dwelling place for God because God is love. This is pretty powerful. You can come into a very difficult situation, and God's love could flow in you, and you can then love, and you cre- all of a sudden you just create a space for God to show up. That's exactly what you're doing. And Jesus said, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this this love right here, when we love through the Father, it literally creates heaven on earth. It literally brings the presence of God into that space. This is awesome. And it could just be a plate of cookies, right? Right? It could just be a handshake. It could just be a phone call. But God shows up. This is why this works. This is why you felt God when someone did that for you. That's why it touched your heart. A connection was made. And it was the love of God through a person that lifted you, encouraged you, changed your day. This is real. This is how it works. This is really cool. What if we got really good at this? What if we understood this when we were doing this stuff? It actually matters. It's actually bringing heaven to earth. This is the greatest commandment. And the second greatest commandment, working together, loving God, letting God love us and loving God back by giving ourselves to him. He whispers in our ear, go love this person by giving them whatever. And then we do that and all of a sudden heaven expands on earth. Heaven invades this broken world. It's awesome this is what you do. This is who you are. This is why this works. Isn't that awesome? All right. Yes. Uh, you're going to have some time. You need to take some time, you know, just to think about some of this stuff. Uh, I've been, you know, dwelling on this all week long, and I just keep getting more and more excited about it. Uh, it's very empowering when we think about that love isn't just an emotion or feeling, that it's something we can actually create by giving ourselves away. And when we do that and we humble ourselves before God and we give our life away for someone, that God invades that space and changes lives. That's what touches people is the love of God. So, um, so that's kind of cool. Here's, a, here's a, 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 another thought to, to chew on. So the greatest commandment is to love. I want to read this for you out of Romans chapter 13. Verses 8 to 10. Paul says, and by the way, this verse is on our rock as you leave, if you can see it under the snow. I don't know. All right. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And whatever other command there may be, all of the commands, Are summed up in this one command love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So, when you are living life this way, you are pleasing God and you're worshiping God and and you're fulfilling the heart of the entire Bible. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. So, talking about Christmas just for a second, all right? Christmas is a celebration of God giving His Son. And we know how that story ends. But love is found in Christmas because it's all about giving. God has given Himself, His life for us, and we are called to do the same. Now, the last thought I want to have you chew on is... How do we, and this is what the Hebrew understanding is. They they view the Torah and the Scriptures, I think, differently than most American Christians do. And and you know my story. You know that for a long time I viewed this as a a better-do book. You better do this and you better not do that. A rule book or or sorts. Uh, But the Hebrew understanding of the Torah is not viewed in a negative way at all. Like, you better do this or all this pressure. It is totally viewed opposite than that, that this is the gift from God to us. And it is embraced, and it is loved, and it is cherished, and it it is precious. And did you know, like, if, now they have scrolls and so on, but they, like, it's kind of against their, their, uh, I don't I want to say laws, but it is, to even, like, put a Bible, like, to put a Bible on the floor. They would never do that. They have so much love and respect and appreciation for this gift of God, of how to know Him and love Him and be like Him. I say all that to say this, that in terms of this word love and the command to love God, how do we love God? The Hebrew understanding of loving God is this. It's not coming to church and raising your hands and clapping and singing songs. It is to give oneself to obey the Torah. It is a complete surrender to obedience to God. And that is a pleasure. That is the desire to love God is out of obedience. So love, for a Hebrew understanding, is to obey God. That is what you give to God. You give Him your life. You give Him your Obedience. And as you do that, what happens when you do that, not out of a religious mindset of I better do this or I better not, or I got to earn God's pleasure, I got to earn God's love. No, it's not thought of that like that at all. It is worship, it is love. And when we love God that way and we begin to put our hearts into a, a place of I love God, I want to obey God, I'm giving myself to God, what happens is that creates. A life change in us that just elevates our life quality in God. You see, obedience brings the blessing because this is all blessed. This is how we come alive. Does that make sense to you? So it's not just, um, uh, it's not a heavy burden thing. John puts it this way in First John. He says uh, something about this is the love of God that we obey his commands Remember that verse? And his commands are not burdensome. This is the love of God, that we obey his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. John says over and over over again in 1 John that, listen, if you have the love of God, you are obeying God. But you're a liar if you say that you know God, but you don't love your neighbor and you don't obey the commands. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? But what he's saying is, no, 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 when the love of God comes into you, your expression of love back to him is to surrender to him. And as you surrender to him and you obey him, you come alive. The one who loses his life, Jesus says, the one who surrenders his life to me will find life. He literally is crossing over from death to life. It's counterintuitive to us because we want to save our life. We want to control our life. We want to be God. We want to do what we want to do, right? But Jesus says, but when you surrender to God, when you love God, He loves us. We love Him. We surrender to Him. He says, you'll actually come alive and you'll have life. So that's a a fuller understanding of, of love in the Hebrew word and language. And I think as you read the Scriptures, you'll see it over and over and over again. When God says, hey, this is love, what I've done for you, what I'm giving to you, I want you to love the same way. Isn't that cool? So ahava, ahava, ahava. Awesome. So we are loved by God and we love him and then we begin to love others. When we love others the way God has loved us, it creates a space where heaven invades earth and he gets glory, so I pray that this would be a love-filled Christmas for you, and you're not just giving gifts and stuff like that, but we are giving love. We are creating that love, and it all matters, and I just want to thank everybody for blessing me last week for my birthday, and some of you wrote me cards and stuff, and uh, just want to say thank you. I felt loved because it was love, right? uh, But I want to commend this church. This church is so amazing. Uh, And so a lot of times, you know, uh, people, you know, other pastors and stuff get up there and they're trying to preach things into their people. I'm just confirming things in you. You know, I confirm the love of God in you, but I want you to have a fuller understanding of what you're doing because it matters and you are loving when you give away yourself, your time. Your thoughts, your prayers, your energy, your encouragement, your letters, your phone calls, when you drive someone to church, when you rake someone's yard. This is, this is love. This is it. This is what we're doing. I commend you for it. Thank you. Keep it up. You're not crazy for giving your life away. You're on the right track. That is the way of heaven That's, that, that pleases God. Um, that's worship to God. You know, there's a verse uh, that says something about I, the Lord doesn't forget uh, the love that you have shown Him by loving the people. Isn't that awesome? So the, God directly associates your loving of one another as loving Him because you're obeying His commands to love. And it's loving Him. Do you see that? So good job, church. I'm proud of you. Proud of you. Thank you so much. I'm looking at faces all around here. I see people who have been faithful to help with funeral dinners, you know, cleaning the church, working behind the scenes with our money and our organizations, board members, children's workers and teachers and just greeters. And all the years of the investment, I see all of your faces. I see all the things that you guys are doing. I just commend you. I'll tell you, I'm proud of you. You're doing a great job. You're loving people. Keep it up, okay? Love is worth it. And let's keep creating space here on earth where heaven invades. Keep loving people. Keep giving yourself away. That's uh, that's the true uh, definition of love. And I'm just so proud of this church. It's awesome. Everywhere I go as pastor, I'm always hearing compliments about Lamb of God. It's pretty cool. School, you know, the business community, community members, always talking about Lamb of God, how how, you guys are so amazing. You do all these wonderful things. I always hear all that, but it's you that they're talking about, right? Isn't that cool? Good job. Proud of you. Let's stand together, and uh, I want to pray for us this morning. I just want to make sure that everybody here knows Jesus, knows the love of God. It's one thing to hear about it, but the Bible says we need to receive this gift. It is the gift, right? The mercy and grace of God is a gift. Nobody can earn it, but you have to receive it. The Bible says that the entrance into the kingdom of heaven is through faith. It's for whoever believes. Whoever believes in the gospel will be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So you need to join the whoever club right? You, you need to make a decision, God, thank you, that you love me. You did this for me. And I, I know almost everybody here, but I want to make sure everybody has that. I want to just make sure I give an invitation. Everybody here doesn't know Jesus as Lord and Savior this morning. I want to give you the opportunity to do that. Would you just bow your heads for a moment? If you're here this morning, say, Pastor, I want to just make sure that I have received the love of God today. I want to declare that Jesus is my Lord and Savior or if you just feel like you just need to make that fresh commitment this morning that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, uh, right where you are, just lift your hand high. I want to just agree with you in prayer, okay, this morning. That's what you're doing, right? I believe everybody is saved in here. Celebrating with you. Let me pray a blessing on you. Lord, I thank you for your love. And I pray, God, with this this new understanding this morning of a hava that, Lord, you will now release in each one of us a spirit of wisdom and revelation as we read your scriptures that we will see even more. Just open our understanding, God. Let your word come alive to us and let this concept of love just get integrated into our lives this week and let us celebrate every one of those moments where we feel the twinge of giving part of ourself away and let us do it with a humble and, and a great attitude let us not do it reluctantly for lord you love a cheerful giver and i pray that we would be cheerful givers of giving our life away creating more of heaven on the earth especially lord in those difficult situations difficult people That, Lord, you would give us grace in abundance to overcome the evil with good and to welcome heaven into those moments, to humble ourselves and to not defend self, not to be prideful, but to love as you have loved us and see the atmosphere changed and see hearts and lives changed. Lord, we thank you that you have changed us You are changing us, and you are changing through us, and we celebrate, Lord, your love today. May your love just continue to overcome us every single day, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let me bless you guys. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Thank you for your love upon us. Now, Lord, may... The Lord bless you and keep you, and the Lord make his face to continue to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you, give you his attention, and may he fill you with his peace, his shalom, his love, his joy, through his Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. You guys got a song?